Thanks to Clear for supporting Market Foolery. Instead of traditional ID documents, Clear uses your eyes and fingertips to get you through security faster at airports and stadiums. Get your first two months of Clear for free by going to clearme.com/fool2019 and use the promo code Fool2019. It's Wednesday, May 29th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today. Seth Jason in the house. Thanks for being here. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. If yesterday was all about payment technology, and it was, today is all about retail. And we've got earnings, and I'm putting earnings in, in air, air quotes, quotes because there's a lot of red out there today. And let's start with Canada Goose, which is the maker of outerwear. Expensive and jackets. I own this one. The stock just got cheaper. The stock just got cheaper. And let me just say that. Thanks a lot, Canada. <laughs> Uh, to anyone listening, please ignore any headlines you see about Canada Goose uh, fourth quarter adjusted profits being higher than expected because none of that matters. Revenue is weak, and the company said it expects, and now I'm quoting, materially larger losses in the current quarter. Well, this is this is actually that's not really very shocking. I wouldn't call revenue weak. It was still pretty good growth. The the problem here is they were always well, they were always surpassing estimates. They missed the estimates by a whopping eight hundred thousand dollars. Stock's down twenty five percent or close to it right now. So that is a bit of an overreaction, but it's understandable. Uh, revenue was up twenty five percent. That's in Canadian dollars, and I can't remember how Canadian dollars compared to real dollars these days. But we'll do things in Canadian dollars since that's what I have in front of me. <laughs> okay. And, uh, and they said looking uh, out that. Um, well, this was slowest revenue growth in several quarters, but this is you know not really that crazy. They sell expensive jackets, and you can't grow forty percent every quarter forever. You know, you start you get a bigger base, and that growth becomes harder to achieve. Now, uh, the material larger losses in adjusted operating earnings and net income are also really not uh, not a surprise because they have been building out a. Uh, Small, small, but but larger retail footprint, and so you talk about uh, quarters where you're not selling as much product. Mostly, they still sell, you know, high-end jackets. Um, so when you're selling less product, but you have a bigger footprint, and you're putting the pedal to the metal on on systems to be able to support that footprint, you end up with more losses in the quarters where you're not gaining the revenue. None of this is to say that, that this is awesome news. Uh, I'm, I'm not excited about it as a shareholder, but I'm not really all that worried. This is a company that was trading at a premium, so this is not unexpected, but I don't think this is a signal for the end. So Let me get to the math for a second, because uh, while you were chatting, I just uh, used the Google machine. Uh, one Google can, machine. One Canadian dollar equals basically seventy-five cents in the U.S. So eight hundred thousand dollar loss. That's just a, a shade under six hundred thousand dollars. So you you really look at this stock down twenty-five, twenty-six percent, and you think to yourself, ah, that's, that's not. This seems like a little of a reaction. I would have expected something more in line of like ten, fifteen percent. But what do I know? People are worried about a lot of stuff today. We've got the trade war continuing to go on, and many other retailers are kind of stinking it up. We've got a couple of you know we've got a and. We're going to talk about Abercrombie, aren't we? Yeah. Is this a is this a transition? Is this what's known in the biz as a transition? Also down around 25 ish percent. We can, but let me just say one last thing with Canada Goose, which mm-hmm. is, 
I mean, this stock with the drop today is basically where it was a year ago. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it has visited lots of interesting places in between. Yeah. Um, it's sort of mid 30s today. With I was this sitting drop. near a double not long ago. Yeah. I didn't sell it because uh, this is a stock that came to me when I was in New York City. Everybody was wearing these jackets or a knockoff version. But even the dudes carrying noodles out of the uh, dumpling shop that I like. So these aren't folks who make a ton of money. They're they're delivery dudes on bikes. They were buying the actual Canada Goose jacket because they didn't want to freeze. It was really cold at that point in time. I came back, I started looking into, you know, reading reviews of the jackets, even the dirtbag gear magazines where they frown on sort of boutique expensive stuff. Their attitude was, you know, we kind of hate to admit it cuz these are really expensive, but they really are a step above. So if you've got the money, this is what you should go for. And then I started looking at the financials. I thought this is was worth an investment to me. They're doing a good job. But it's always been a high price stock and if you you can't hurdle that earnings estimate for the first time in a while, everyone freaks out. So let's transition to Abercrombie and Fitch. Uh, as you said, a similar story, at least in terms of the stock. The stock down about 23, 24%. Uh, they would kill for 25% revenue growth right now, however. <laughs> yes, their the first quarter same store sales were weak. The thing that struck me was they're closing three of their flagship stores one in New York, one in Italy, one in yeah. Japan. This. That's some expensive real estate, but usually they keep the flagships and get rid of the lousier mall positions. But maybe, maybe they've already gotten rid of all of those. Well, and that's what makes me think that this is not. Look, this is not the first time on this show. Probably not the last time on this show that we've talked about Abercrombie's earnings and the resulting stock drop of fifteen percent or more. But this is the first time that I've been struck by the the store closings because even when They've had quarters where they struggled. The flagship stores have done pretty well. Yeah. And so the fact that, yes, it's expensive real estate, but the fact that they've made the decision to close the, the one in New York is a Hollister shore, uh, store because um, Abercrombie and Fitch owns the Hollister brand. And everyone in New York loves to pretend that they're California beach people. Sure. Which is the fake Hollister story, right? I guess. Yeah. Um, I don't know. In in some ways, this seems worse to me than what we just talked about with Canada Goose. Yeah, I think Abercrombie, they kind of survived their near death. But I brands that are sort of in the middle of that uh, of that what's the word I'm looking for of that consumer price range. Abercrombie, remember, used to be kind of higher priced, and then you had sort of American Eagle at the lower end, and then the 2009 hit and everyone, nobody could sell anything. People didn't care so much about spending 80 or 90 or 110 bucks, whatever it was at the time, on jeans with a label. And what happened after that, in my opinion, as somebody who held a lot of retail stocks that stunk it up, is not spending money became for the core audience for some of these uh, brands, not spending and not doing the conspicuous consumption thing became. More, uh, more fashionable or more acceptable, and I think they've all struggled since. Uh, the lower-priced places have done better. So you had your your Zara's, your H and M's. They sort of took a lot of the business that used to go to these premium brands. So uh, Abercrombie seems to have recovered from that, but I mean this kind of one percentish 
growth, which to me is really just flat, uh, suggests to me that there's not a whole lot left here. And so it's it's not somewhere where I would put my money even after a 25% drop today. I'd, I'd rather own the scary Canada goose, which maybe has an intact growth story, to something that clearly doesn't have a growth story and clearly isn't a value. Quick shout out to Clear. Uh, thanks for supporting this episode of Market Foolery. Instead of traditional ID documents, Clear uses your eyes and fingertips to get you through security faster at airports and stadiums. It's summertime, folks. It's time to travel. And when you're going through airports, you, you just. How long you want to stand there and be sweaty? How, exactly. And also, how stressed out do you want to be? Clear gets you through security with the tap of your finger so you can get to your gate faster and just calm the heck down before your flight. Uh, you create your account online before going to the airport. Once you get to the airport, a Clear ambassador helps you finish the process, and then you immediately can use Clear. I actually saw this the last time I flew. I was standing in line. My, you know, my line. I was in the regular line. It was fine. It was moving along just fine. Wasn't moving as fast as the clear people. You have that thing in your pit of your stomach. At least I do. I hate being in the, like that. Just the whole thing bothers me. If Clear did this, but but also had like maybe a lavender scent in their lane, I I think I'd have to sign up. <laughs> a little it's, aromatherapy to go with. It's it. not enough. They're going to get you through security. You're... No, I want I want the aromatherapy too. Wow, God, you're entitled. <laughs> um, hey, if you're traveling with your family because some of us have family, you can add up to three adult family members at a discounted rate, and kids under 18 are free. So, right now, our dozens of listeners can get their first two months of Clear for free by going to clearme.com slash fool2019 and using the promo code fool2019. That's C-L-E-A-R-M-E dot com slash fool2019 and use the promo code fool2019 for your free two months of Clear. We'll wrap up our retail palooza with uh, what looked like a solid first quarter for Dick's Sporting Goods. Their sales and profits came in higher than expected. They raised their profit guidance for the full fiscal year. I'm I'm wondering if just what is happening in the market today is why the stock isn't really moving. Ah, it's hard to be impressed with this. Uh, you know, really? I think so. I mean. What if they were lavender-scented stores? They were lavender-scented. I'm so underwhelmed, I can't even make the easy jokes. Um, it is... Geez, up 6.2%. First of all, if I, what strikes me is the headline when a company like Dix is up 6.2%, it's you know the stock spikes. <laughs> Any other smaller company that's in a hotter uh, hotter business, 6.2% would just be a, a daily move, right? So um, you know, I guess they you know make 61 cents a share. It's the 59 cents a share earlier. Uh, sales up. 0.6%, and they expect to earn 320 to 340 a share, up from their previous range of 315 to 335. Uh, you know that all sounds great, but this is another sort of slow growth business, and the problem is that uh, you know uh, same store sales were flat. That that only looks good when you consider the drop you know the year before. And I think the problem they are going to have, even though online sales uh, were up a little bit more. Um, is that for a lot of this type of gear, consumers are increasingly turning to the app from the brand itself. So if you're buying Under Armour, you know you can buy it. On, you can buy it directly from their website and, and get a decent deal. Same thing, uh, you know, for many of the other for many other the other brands. Um, 
And uh, then you've got competitors, you know, like Lululemon selling similar stuff that you just can't even get at Dick's. And so this, to me, is a, a decent result. But I still think the the eventual trajectory of a company like this is for flat to slightly meh, growth for for the long term because they just can't compete with online sales uh, for a large portion of what they do sell. Now some some sporting goods you need to go in and try out, right? Uh, but not everything, especially not apparel. Looking at a stock chart, it reminded me um, years ago when you and I would talk about the gap. And I remember you made the joke, and like at any given moment, you don't need to look at a stock chart to know where the gap is trading because your joke was, oh, it's probably in the teens. And there was like this stretch of, I don't know, four or five years where basically gap stock was in. Now it's in the 20s. And yeah, that's. But it was, I think it was like maybe it was like 15 to 21 or something. Yeah, for, it's in that range. For the and, whole time my daughter was growing up. And Dick Sporting Goods has basically been in the mid 30s seemingly for, well, a long time yeah. now. And I'm wondering because Edward Stack is the CEO. His dad started this business. He's been a CEO since the mid 1980s. He's 64 years old. I'm not. I'm not knocking the guy, but I just sort of. I just, for any company that has had the same CEO for 35 years, I think it is reasonable for any shareholder or potential potential shareholder to ask, "What is the succession plan for this person?" Yeah. Because it's entirely possible that some new blood and some new thinking. Could maybe invigorate Dick's Sporting Goods business and therefore get the stock higher than the mid 30s. Yeah, yeah. I really wonder I mean, who. Problem with with Dick's is they, who identifies consumers love to identify with the retailers or especially with the brands that they buy. And who who identifies with Dick's? I mean, nobody. It's just maybe it was the most convenient place to get things, and it's not anymore. Given the internet, uh, versus identifying with like, oh, I wear Nike shoes. I wear Nike. Or I can go online and order like a custom version of Nikes. I can I can order Adidas from many places. I can order some of this stuff much more easily. Some of these shoes, I can order them from Zappos. I get to the house, I can try them on, send them back if I don't like them. If you know, I don't have to pay return shipping. Uh, if I like certain brand like Under Armour, like I said, I'm going to order directly from them. They're going to have a better a better selection. And so, I don't think there's room for the... We're not going to be talking about dicks, I don't think, like we are about Walmart, for instance, where Walmart said, hey, we've got this digital idea. We've got all these stores. How about people order stuff and they pick it up? And since we're everywhere, that's actually more convenient for a lot of people than having stuff shipped to their house. And it works. Home Depot, very similar story. You might want that stuff sooner. I don't see the same opportunity for innovation at a Dick's Sporting Goods. I don't know if maybe they do you know, online order and pick up, but that's not going to change anybody's life compared to how it might to be able to do that at a, at a Walmart or a Home Depot. Before we wrap up, since uh, it's not just summer travel season, it's, uh, it's summer, period. And is it already summer? It basically is. Here it is. I mean, I, I feel was like a sweat hog this morning. I feel like once you get past Memorial Day, you're you're basically into summer. Even though, once it's any any kids who are in school who are listening to this are like, it's not summer yet. I've still got a couple of weeks of classes. Hey, um, they should be paying attention. Put down that iPad, pod, whatever. 
any uh, any any health tips for people exercising outdoors? Oh, starting with don't. Uh, uh, well, on our sl- on our running Slack channel this on morning. On our running <laughs> Slack channel, I, I wanted to warn people that uh, I do very well running in the heat compared to most people. I'm tall and skinny, so I have very little mass and a decent amount of surface area. Uh, but I run in the shade and I run next to a creek. So I'm not afraid to go out even if it's 100 degrees and the heat index is up there. Because uh, if things get bad, I'll just go sit in the creek. But you do have to be super careful. And uh, I'm lucky I've run enough long races in the heat that I have a very obvious tell when I'm getting overheated. I, I feel like I have, it sounds weird, but I feel like I have a really hot, warm donut of air around my neck. And it's a really distinct feeling. And as soon as I feel that, I know I need to start walking, get in the shade, stop if I need to, cool off because I'm getting too hot and I'm going to start getting dizzy after that. And the important thing to remember is you, you can't drink your way, you can't hydrate your way out of being too hot. If you're too hot, you need to lower your temperature, and that means you have to discontinue the work, get in the shade, get an air conditioning, get in a pool, do something. That's good advice, but you're right. That does sound weird. The the hot donut of air. The hot donut of air, and you know, you may just be going along, and suddenly you get dizzy. If you start to feel crummy, you have to quit exercising. That is really the only fix. And if you feel really crummy, <laughs> you need to hit the SOS on your phone. So, obviously, people listen to this while they're commuting. They listen to this when they're in their homes, maybe doing stuff around the house or walking the dog, doing chores around yeah. the yard. But there are definitely people who listen while exercising. So, for you people in particular. Be careful out there. Yeah. You get your shirt completely wet before you go out. I, I, I will often at least get my running hat sopping wet with water so I get the evaporative cooling right away. It, shirt works really well, too. But if it's too hot, if, if you don't do well in the heat, you know, run on the treadmill. Do something else. Skip a workout. You can skip your workouts. It's okay. Now you tell me. <laughs> Seth Jason, thanks for being here. Mm-hmm. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So, don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.